It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the show, Monday Night Sports Talk, with you until 6 o'clock this evening. 356-9397 is the number. This is Steve Kelly, Matt Daniels, sports editor of the News Gazette, is here. Matthew, how you doing? Doing well, Steve. How are you? To Matt's left, for you, those of you scoring <laughs> at home, is Scott Ritchie, basketball beat writer, also football beat writer. And on the other side, in the corner by himself, is Bob Osmussen. How you doing, Bob? Nervous. <laughs> he, De- he's decked out in. Uh, decked he hides out that in nervousness very well. Very De- decked out in uh, Braves jacket, Braves mask, shoes, and Brave shoes. I'm good. Do they have a big game tonight, Bob, or something? Could be good. Could Ga- be bad. Game one, game Dodgers. One. Okay. Seven o'clock. The Braves and the Dodgers with fans in the stands. Yeah, right. They sold a, uh, or they were going to sell eleven thousand five hundred tickets. I don't know. I'm assuming they've hit that mark. I haven't seen any reports or any indication that they. Haven't, but I haven't either. That, that first, was the number available. First baseball game with fans in the United States. That's awesome. That's the second uh, playoff game of the day. Game one in that series, National League Championship Series. Uh, game two of the American League Championship Series is in progress right now with Tampa Bay holding a 3-1 to one lead over Houston. That game in the bottom of the sixth. Go raise. Are we a consensus of uh, nobody fans? in the country other than the Houston people? Are rooting <laughs> yeah. for all all of America is rooting for <laughs> the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> well, I'm just rooting for them from a local standpoint. Of Kevin Kiermeyer, right. their, their standout center fielder, uh, former Parkland College Cobra, uh, standout baseball player. He's uh, he's the longest tenured member of the Rays, and I think it'd be really cool for him and, and his career. Everything he's gone through to to get to the World Series and uh you know they had a good good start last night in game 1 and, and look to be looking to continue things going on right now in game 2. My mine's less altruistic. Uh, <laughs> Astros are a bunch of cheaters and I hope they lose. <laughs> That's the best team by the way Tampa by far best team in the American League. Probably the best team in baseball. What's going on in Tampa? They they win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Got a chance know. to win the World Series. Yeah, they got Tom Brady as their yeah. quarterback. Not sure they'll win the Super Bowl, but it's, it's I'm not early. sure there'll be a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> More than one. <laughs> well, are you crossed. are you saying the Bears are going to win the Super Bowl then because they just beat Tom Brady and the Bucks on Thursday? No, night? I wouldn't say that. Okay. Still, I mean they're four and one, but okay. Still not sold on them, Scott. No, it's. I mean, the you're only going to be convinced after they hold up the Lombardi Trophy in yeah. February. Even then, I'll just Again, assume like that's sure there's going to be a Lombardi Trophy to hold up. <laughs> Terrible has happened, Bob. What, uh, what I'm do you just know full of optimism don't? right now. <laughs> well, all of a sudden, this thing's get, gone, gone off the rails a little bit in the NFL. And I think it's kind of d- disturbing because NBA just finished mm-hmm. the bubble playoffs perfectly. No, Nobody got sick. Mm-hmm. So why cannot everybody else learn from this? And I think the NFL is figuring out we might have gone the wrong way. We probably should have done something. Maybe not exactly like the NBA because you couldn't because the numbers, but something similar, be a little more protective of the players. They 
how many games have been canceled or postponed? Eight so in far? the NFL. Yeah, and more coming. And so it's a disaster. I know there's Tuesday night football this week. Uh, right. The Bills, and Titan, cool. the Bills and Titans, who also in an ironic twist of how weird year 2020 is, they've yet to lose a football game this year. They're both undefeated. Yeah, and that game was supposed to happen, what, 12 days ago or something? I don't know. And I, all I know is that that game being pushed to Tuesday night made sure that there's no Thursday night game this week and the Chiefs and Bills are supposed to play, but they're going to play next Monday at 4 p.m. for some Monday afternoon football. <laughs> speaking 2020, of, everybody. Speaking of football, earlier today it was announced that Illinois will open its season on Friday night, a week from Friday, October the 23rd in Madison. We knew that already, but mm-hmm. uh, we didn't know the date and the time. The time is 7 o'clock Central Time. Just what uh, a sports editor uh, you would, know, would I, love. I, I think in, in pre-pandemic era, I would be bemoaning this, but I'm kind of taking a, a change of heart on this whole situation, and I'm I'm almost saying I'm going to agree with Bob on this, which is kind of painful for me sometimes. No offense, Bob. That's right. But just the fact that they're going to play a football yes. game, right. I think, is right. worthy of, of celebration. I know, Scott, you've already had your angst about it, and you're probably going to detail it more here about actually being in. Yeah, I mean, you can just listen to this week's episode of Inside <laughs> Illini Basketball, where we dive up into football, and I bemoan the 7 p.m. kickoff uh, from on a, a Friday From night. a very inside baseball sports writer standpoint sure a 7 p.m start on a friday night is not ideal for deadline purposes and to, pr- to get comprehensive coverage in saturday's print edition but we do have this wonderful thing in 2020 called the internet where we'll have oodles of coverage from that game into the wee hours on saturday morning and then yeah that's my, that's my problem <laughs> with the wee hours of saturday morning <laughs> you, you just, probably, just sleep in and then more coverage in sunday's paper off the game as you well. probably bemoaned the thursday night Ohio State Illinois game at seven o'clock. <laughs> yeah, the, as, the, as the as second was, iteration. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but the, on the bright side of that, I'll take some bright side. Sure, bright side of that is Illinois, as it would have in that Ohio State scenario, as the college football main stage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I checked the schedule uh, earlier today, and there's two other games on that Friday night. Uh, I think if they're both two group of five games. Louisiana's playing in one of them, and, and right. Louisiana, right. Louisiana's playing UAB, which right. actually game. might be a good game, and then uh, Tulsa's playing someone else in, in the American Athletic Conference. But for Illinois, you'd have to think just from a national spotlight opportunity this is a huge moment for them because they are the only power five game on that friday night and they're going to go into camp randall feeling i would say more confident than any illinois team in the past decade has ever playing wisconsin (laughs) ever (laughs) i mean i I got back to i got in 89 and steve will remember this Illinois used to dominate oh, Wisconsin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Home and away, they beat think, Wisconsin think, every year. I think Illinois still leads the all-time series. Right. Yeah. But yeah. in the last 20 years or so, it's been a disaster up there. Interestingly, John Butcher led the last one in 2002 at Wisconsin, which I vaguely remember. I don't remember that game very well. Do you? Not, I looked at the score and I was like, They all kind of eh. run together for me. Yeah. But I know I was there. <laughs> Even though I don't remember being there, <laughs> that was a, that was the team. <laughs> I know I did the pregame, halftime, postgame. There was an Illinois team coming off the uh, Big Ten mm-hmm. title. Yes, and then the next year did not go, did not go to bowl, mm-hmm. and really ultimately that helped lead to Ron Turner's demise. I think the fact they didn't follow Big Ten title with them, they're the good season, but they did beat Wisconsin at Camp Randall. Well, you have to think they're just going to go in confident, mainly 
because of the fact that they, they beat the Badgers last year in Champaign. Oh, yeah. They have so many returners that played in that game last year, and that win really springboarded them to the success that they had last year and the fact that they were able to make a bowl game in Lovey Smith's fourth season. And, yes, Wisconsin is going to be Wisconsin, but they're also going to probably have a first-time starter right. quarterback in Graham Mertz. And, yes, he's much hyped and a Bollywood recruit, and maybe he throws for – 500 yards who knows maybe he has the game of his life but it's his first college game albeit in a very strange environment because there's going to be no one in the stands at Camp Randall which benefits Illinois a if lot. this was a regular type of atmosphere and environment Wisconsin's a two touchdown favorite just on that fact alone that they have 80,000 people crammed into Camp Randall and, and it's almost a house of horrors for Illinois and it has been for So for what do so you think long. that brings the odds down to? That's Quite a great, a bit. I, I think yeah, I think I don't think it's going to be as outlandish as it, as it may be. 10 points maybe. Yeah, I could see yeah. between 7 10 two. points. But, I think that's but I think Wisconsin's that's realistic. Ranked, Wisconsin's ranked not that any voters including myself have seen them play, but they're 16 this week and mm-hmm. I think that's where they belong right now. I have them right right ahead of Michigan. Do you have Minnesota in your top ten, Bob? I do, and that's right. And that's they're twenty fourth in the whole AP. Yeah, poll. they're wrong. So without your vote, would they be a top twenty five team? Yeah, oh yeah, barely. But they, <laughs> but <laughs> they barely are right well, now. But they should. They Did should you and be. PJ Fleck have a kumbaya? So yeah, what the, what season? what do you think you know that we don't? Well, I think they have a great team back. I think once they got Rashad ba- Rashad Bateman back. Once that happened, they became a team that I thought going into this season they were going to be. Yeah, I think they could lose their first game. Definitely against Michigan. Yeah. Uh, tough game, tough draw, but again. They've got them at home. Yeah, and, you know, without crowds, I think we have to throw everything we think out the window because all the games you'd always think that team has no chance. Nebraska opens at Ohio State, right? Normally, 100 times you say Nebraska loses that game, 100 times out of 100. This year, I don't know. Well, I still think I there. Know. I still think it's probably are, still ninety nine times. I, out of I, I still know. think there are some challenges of to being a road team, even though there isn't going to be that hostile environment that they're going into. It's just from the logistical standpoint of leaving kind of the confines that no, they've they've known for three or four months since they've been back on campus, going to a different city. Who you're not really sure how they've handled the pandemic for the last seven months, and oh, also staying in unfamiliar hotel i know it's going to be a hotel that illinois stayed at in the past because that's what they do around the big 10 but for these players and everything it's just going to be a a different uh experience for that and then with illinois with the game kicking off at 7 p.m you have to imagine they'll bus up on thursday the day before and they'll have all day friday really to kind of get get ready get anxious for that game that's that's you know been a long time coming for them the uh, key here is how the teams handle that weirdness how do you how do you deal with the fact that you like you said Matt you don't you have all day to hang around mm-hmm. and there's no crowd it's going to be yeah really have, having to drive your own motivation in the game a lot of people, a lot of players use the crowd as even if if they're against them use them right. as motivation but you don't have that now so it's kind of like okay guys whoever plays the steadiest so there there's that's where I like a veteran team a veteran quarterback so that's why I give Illinois a puncher's chance because Brandon Peters has played. And Graham Mertz, as you pointed out, has not played. So I think Illinois, right away, because of that, has a better chance than we think they do because of who they have at quarterback and other positions. For those that want to read between the lines, that's Bob picking Illinois to win. I'm, def- I'm definitely going to pick Illinois to win because I think... Breaking news. Uh, well, I just think... <laughs> I just, no, I, I just and Unless some changes, I think when you look at the teams on balance, 
look at the team, look at the players Wisconsin does not have, mm-hmm. look at the players Illinois does have, then you take the crowd out. I have an easy time picking Illinois to win that game. It's a long ways away, though. It's still 10 days away from I may change my mind, but I doubt and, it. Well, I bring that up in the fact that earlier today in the SEC, Missouri coming off probably the most surprising win of the weekend with with a home win against LSU, the defending national champs. They're supposed to play Vanderbilt this Saturday. That's, that game's already been postponed because of, of COVID-19. And that's another tricky factor that the Big Ten's going to have to navigate, too, is because they have eight straight weeks of games. There's no... There's no bumpers in no the schedule. There, there's no wiggle room at all if, if there are any postponements because of the pandemic. We are off and rolling on Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. It is 5-23. That ball game has moved to the seventh inning. Tampa Bay leading Houston 3-1. to one. We'll take our first time out. If you'd like to join us, we'd love to hear from you. 356-9397 is the number on Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Five twenty-eight here on WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. This is Monday Night Sports Talk. Steve Kelly, Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, with you until six. Phone line is open three five six nine three nine seven. Coming up tonight at seven on these very airwaves is Salami Weekly with Brian Barnhart. Tonight's guest list includes Brad Underwood, Stephen Gentry, Janet Rayfield, Trent Meacham, Martin O'Donnell. Again, that's Lonai Weekly at 7 o'clock. Plenty of stuff to talk about with uh, football coming up. Illinois to play Wisconsin a week from Friday night at 7 o'clock in Madison. The basketball schedule, Scott uh, Ritchie, is still being worked on, we're told. Yeah, that's <laughs> a big TBD. Or yeah. as Brad Underwood told me when I asked him, hey, do you know when the schedule's going to come out? Um, I also just would like to know for my own personal curiosity. And his answer was, uh, and I quote, no clue. Well, maybe he's as anxious to uh, see it as we are. Yeah, and, I mean, practice does start on Wednesday, and I think this will be the first time ever maybe they've started (laughs) practice without knowing what their schedule is going to be. Although, uh, well, Elmo has not made it official yet. They are going to play on the first day of the season. They have that, unless things drastically change. And, hey, it's 2020, maybe. They have that multi-team event, MTE, set for the 25th through the 27th, right here in Champaign, which I feel hof- like, uh, the MT- hopefully I'll get to attend. I feel like the MTD should sponsor that MTE. There you go. Yeah, I like it. Marketing idea right there. The Illini women's basketball team uh, opens practice as well on Wednesday. Nancy Faye told us on Saturday that they hope to be playing that November 25th day too, but their schedule is not, uh, not firm, so uh, stay tuned for all of that. I mean, that's just kind of 2020 in a nutshell. And uh, you'd like to think that Brad Underwood and his staff have a rough idea on, on potential non-conference foes, especially if they're going to come to Champaign in about six weeks or so. And it'll be interesting, too, how the Big Ten decides to roll out its schedule. Do they come out with the league, the only the league games first off, and then let every other school kind of announce its non-conference games? Or do they kind of let each school roll out their individual schedules on a on a case by case basis. I don't I don't know, but as history has shown us when the Big Ten rolls out schedules, good news happens for a little bit and then sometimes it doesn't. So maybe it's best that they just don't roll out the the league schedule. You know what, guys? We've gone, what, six months now? Seven months. Seven (laughs) Seven months to the day. (laughs) To the day. To the day that the NCAA tournament uh, got canceled the same day the Big Ten tournament first. Okay, we've gone seven months to the day. 
maybe to the hour almost <laughs> of winging it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, pretty much. All of a sudden, here before too long, there's going to be all kinds of news to talk about and games to report on. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too, just in, on the national sports scene yesterday. It was, you know, a jam-packed day. I mean, the NFL games were going on. NBA Finals ended last night. You had the French Open in the morning. I mean, there was so many stuff for so long. We had nothing going on. And then you got baseball playoffs as well. And, but now the question remains, too, like with the NBA, which will happen with other leagues, too. It's, okay, the season's over. What's, what's what's yeah. next? When do they when do they come back? And I think that's next kinda, week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, good news, guys. Back to work. LeBron, <laughs> get a week off. Well, that's the thing too. I mean, you'd have to think even with college football, with Illinois starting its season, uh, you know, in, in about ten or eleven days, that whenever their twenty twenty season does end, and maybe it's in a bowl game, uh, you know, all indications are that they're still going to be. Oh, Some yeah. bowl games, I know they've canceled a few, the Red Box Bowl being one of them, and the Hawaii Bowl and the Bahamas Bowl are, are casualties of the pandemic this year with plans to bring, bring them back in the future. But what does that do for college football 2021? Do they push the season back a little bit? And in case of Illinois, and, and Bob wrote about it a little bit tomorrow after talking right. to, to James McCourt, the Atlanta kicker who's originally from Dublin, Illinois is supposed to kick off the 2021 season against Nebraska on August 29th. That's in less than that's ten and a half months away in Dublin, in Ireland, in a completely yeah, other I, country. What are the odds of that happening? I, I think slim and none. None's running away with that race. <laughs> now, now this. Let's say, let's say soon there's a clearer vaccine coming in the next two or three months, and it looks like we can get a lot of people taken care of in the next eight months. Then maybe. That game happens, but more likely, if I'm Illinois and Nebraska and Ireland, I say, you know, let's push this back a year or two. There's going to be other years. But I know for James McCourt, it was so appealing to him Mm -hmm. because he was looking at not being able to play in that game. Now he is. As far as you know right now, players that play this year can come back in 2021 without penalty, which is awesome to me. It's how they should have done it, but... We don't know that game game is going to happen. I hope it does. I'm planning to go, so, but I'm not planning to go until I know that game is actually <laughs> going to happen. I'd love to go to Ireland anyway. I don't think I'd be allowed in right now, would I? From being from the U.S., they just say you're from Champagne. No, I really don't know. If I'm not it, sure you can it, get it, in. I don't know. I'd, well, and it's I'd, not just a matter of getting a vaccine in this country. Yeah, I mean, everybody, yeah, like, oh, there too. Right. Which I mean, you know, Ireland would, would you, you would think would be sort of on a similar timetable, but sure. Um, before. I, it's got to kind of be a worldwide thing right. before international travel really picks up. Good and point. if you let anybody know that you know us, no way you're getting in. Correct. That's a good point. Or Lauren. <laughs> See, I know, I I know Lauren. Hey, let me in. It's like, no, you can't come. <laughs> that uh, American League uh, baseball game is going to the eighth inning now, 4-1 to one, Tampa over uh, Houston. A couple other baseball notes before we get off baseball. The White Sox yeah. made a managerial change. Rick Renteria and uh, the White Sox are parting ways. I don't know if he's going to look back fondly on Chicago in his later years in, in life, considering he got fired from the Cubs after one season, basically because Joe Madden he was, became yeah, available. Joe Madden became available. <laughs> that obviously turned out well for the Cubs for a, a year. Um, yeah, it was. I was surprised to see that. I don't follow the White Sox as religiously as, as some folks do, but he – you know, up until about 10 games left in the regular season, the White Sox were the best team in the American League. And sure, he made some 
questionable decisions, I guess. But every manager makes questionable decisions. Yeah, but they lost eight of their last nine. True, they did stumble down the stretch, and they do have a very, very promising young core there on the south side. So maybe the opportunity comes up to. I know AJ Hinch's name has been floated about there, and I'm not really sure how to feel about that, considering Joey Cora's name too. Yes, Joey Cora, former White Sox. Yeah, former White Sox. Then you have to wonder about. Alex Cora, Joey's brother, who's, you know, suspended by the right. Major League Baseball, but I think all indications are he's going to go back to the Red Sox in 2021 if he's not cheating. Um, but, yeah, it was I was surprised to, to see that, that move because I think it kind of came out of nowhere. And, you know, they were, you know, a couple innings away from going on to the ALDS for a franchise that isn't a tradition-rich baseball franchise by any stretch of the imagination. They'd been to the playoffs. Uh, they're – trip here in 2020 was the first one since 2008 so i don't know here's one for you scott ritchie if you were making the uh, telephone calls for the white Sox, would you call one tony larusa just to get his temperature on if he would be interested in returning as a manager we talked about that in, uh, yeah in well i mean apparently <laughs> his name has popped up on the how the short list maybe short list maybe long list um, I mean, it's been a, a few years since yeah. he's managed in Major League Baseball. He obviously knows the White Sox as an organization, having had that job before um, many moons ago. Uh, proven winner. Uh, so I guess you know, got to kick, kick the tires on you know, it. Whoever might be interested in that job has got to look at that lineup <laughs> and get some pitching, and that's a pretty good uh, situation there. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jose Abreu, uh, I'd say, is kind of the front runner for, for MVP, but then you've got young talent like Luis Robert and, and Juan Moncada and uh, Aloy Jimenez, who are just big-time big time sluggers. And then if they can ever kind of – Lucas Giolito has kind of emerged as their ace the last two seasons, and uh, if they can get another compliment to him in the rotation, you'd have to think that – They've got some some championship aspirations, and that's the thing too. I think in in terms of the White Sox, compared to maybe uh, in the National League this year, the Dodgers are by far the the best team. And I <coughs> so I think some because you say they're the the best team in baseball until the Braves. You just know, wanted to see if you were still awake, Bob. Uh, I'm awake until the Braves pull off a four game sweep this week down in down in Arlington. But I think the the White Sox realize that okay, it's great to get to the playoffs, but now we want to take that next step, and and they look around and see okay. You've got the Yankees and, and the Rays to contend with, and, and the Astros always seem to kind of be that nagging little brother that's trying to cheat and, and get over the hump in a not-so-nice way. But, yeah, I think they – and it was interesting here to, to hear Rick Hahn say, their GM, that uh, he's already contacted Ozzie Guillen and said he's not a candidate for the, the full-time job, so so he'll stay on the, the White Sox broadcast post-game saying outlandish things. Yeah. I mean, windows of opportunity do not stay open forever. And the White Sox have a very talented young team, um, but again, youth doesn't last forever. So, and m- maybe uh, there comes a point where they can't re-sign all of their this young guy's getting players. Philosophical. I know that was very deep. Scott. Uh, you know, it's how old is seven Tony months into? How old is Tony Larusa? I guess I guess uh, he's in his seventies. I want to okay. say. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, he hasn't managed since 2011, and he kind of rode. I, if I were him, I'd say, okay, that was that was it. I, I won good. a World Series title. I don't. Yeah. I don't one. I don't want to manage during un, all the uncertainty. Right. I don't want to do this during a pandemic. Two, I'm not really sure how. Uh, if I'm been read, I know he's been involved in, in other teams. Uh, you know, with the Diamondbacks, and then he was involved with another one this past season. I can't remember off the top of my head. More as an advisory role. It was with the Angels. Yeah, the yeah. Angels. That's right. I mean, if you can get paid to be a consultant and not have to coach every yeah. day, like 
Sign me up. And also, too, fact, like, like, I'm available. Yeah. If I, anyone's listening. <laughs> <laughs> and Bob will be your manager. How's that? Ooh. Your agent. Guy. How's that? Well, I mean, as long I as he gives me a deal. One other baseball note. It's been a 2020 has been a bad year for a lot of things, including losing <laughs> Hall of Famers. Uh, yeah. And Joe Morgan passed yeah, away today. Former Cincinnati second baseman came up with the Astros actually before 45. Yep, before going to uh, Cincinnati, I had the the opportunity to cover that big red mate- uh, big red machine team back in the mid 70s. And Joe Morgan was always one of those go to guys for an interview. And a lot of people. You guys' age mm-hmm. probably remember him more from his Sunday night baseball days. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the first memory when, when I hear the name Joe Morgan is kind of that, that Sunday night baseball and him and John Miller and, and the theme music on ESPN and just watching that and, and really being you know captured by that. I know Joe Morgan had his critics as an announcer, but for me as a young baseball fan, that really kind of stood out. And then you start to read more and, and watch more and, and what he did as a player and, and it was incredibly impressive and, and just think of the talent that they had on those Cincinnati Red teams and the Big Red Machine and I had a chance to read a book a couple of years ago by Joe Pesnowski about that particular group and it's just an incredible what they what they accomplished so yeah it's just it's another unfortunate loss you know Whitey Ford passed away last Thursday night and then on top of uh, what happened you know earlier uh, this fall with b- passing to Bob Gibson and Lou Brock two Cardinals legends it's just uh, yeah it's not been not been fun uh, to hear all these great baseball greats uh, you know pass away. Joe Morgan was 77 years old moving up on 540 Illini Forty-four Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Heading towards six o'clock. Three five six nine three nine seven is the phone number if you'd like to jump in and join us. Anything that uh, might be on your mind tonight, if you're just getting in the car on your way home and you haven't heard the first weekend, which it will actually be week <laughs> eight of the college football season, but week one of the Big Ten season. We'll begin on a Friday night, October the 23rd, with Illinois playing on the road in Madison against the Wisconsin Badgers at 7 o'clock. You'll be able to hear it right here on the Fighting Illini Sports Network. And speaking of the Fighting Illini Sports Network, coming up tonight at 7 is Illini Weekly with Brian Barnhart. He's got uh, four or five guests lined up for that tonight. We're right here on News Talk 1400 DWS. Baseball game, still 4-1, to one, Tampa. Ball game is in the eighth inning. The uh, Rays trying to take a two nothing lead over the Houston Astros, much to the delight of Matt Daniels. Yeah, I don't. I haven't heard any trash can pounding coming from the Astros dugout, so that's probably <laughs> why their their offense has scored one two runs in the last uh, sixteen innings. A little more noticeable when there's no fans in the stand. Yeah, but you know they they are the cheating Astros, so I'm sure they could figure out a way if they really wanted to. It was pat down Jose Altuve before every at bat. Let's uh, talk some college basketball. Even though we're right in the middle of, we're in the middle and at the beginning of the college football season. Depending, it's on basketball season three hundred sixty-five days a year here in Champaign. You're right. The um, practice campaign starts on Wednesday for everybody, and um, Scott Ritchie is putting together his preseason information. His Polls and such, and all America teams. What what are you thinking on that? You got to turn one in at some point. Give us a little tease on what you might be thinking there. Yeah, well, the uh, got my you know, hey, are you still interested? Email from the, the <laughs> AP at the end of the, you know, this past week, and uh, 
answer is yes. I will still will be voting. So have to have my top 25 ballot filled out and submitted by November 9th. And then the All-America team, preseason All-America team by the 11th of that month. So I suppose I need to get to work on some of that. Um, I could think of maybe a couple of Big Ten players that might be on your first team. Maybe yeah. one that lives in Champaign right now. <laughs> yeah, and uh, went into more... A little more detail on that. It's your on second plug my of the podcast, show. episode 120 <laughs> of Inside Illini Basketball. Available where you can get all your podcasts. I was going to do that, but thank you. Um, so I, f- I was a little maybe backed into a corner to say I would assume it would be on my preseason All-America ballot by my co-host Jim Rosso. He has a way of doing that. No, but, no he doesn't. But um, my, I still think that's legitimate. I mean, yeah, I would assume it returns as one of the better players in college basketball and Steve mentioned maybe a couple Big Ten players on that list. Uh, Luca Garza will probably be a unanimous selection for that considering he was essentially runner-up for all the National Player of the Year awards last year and um, Obi Toppin's not returning so yeah, Luca Garza will, will make it. It'll be on mine almost assuredly and yeah, I, I do believe I'll have Iota Sumo on there as well. Of course I got a month and I always reserve the right to change my mind. A lot of uh, national people think very highly of Io as well. Andy Katz, I think, had him and Luca Garza as maybe one and two as far as a list of maybe nine or ten potential player of the year candidates. He did, and you know, Andy Katz... He's um, been on the bandwagon for a while. Has. Yeah, and now that he works for BTN as well as you know, writing for NCAA.com, uh, carrying the Big Ten water a little bit, I think, but... Again, those two are two of the best players in, in college basketball. It's okay to drink the Kool-Aid sometimes, right, Matt? I mean, he's, been, he's, been, he's been on him. He, he, if, if all the national writers and, and media types that, that cover college basketball, he by far has been the longest one on board Illinois since Brad Underwood's been here. He started touting them in, when they're in the midst of a 12-21 and 21 season. Uh, in 2018-19, so he's he stayed true to them, and, and Illinois rewarded his, his faith in them, and do not be shocked if Illinois is a top-10 team when the first AP poll comes out of the season. I don't know if they'd go as high as a top-5 team, but easily, easily this is the most hyped Illinois men's basketball season since the 2004-05 season. Yeah, there's really no question about that. And I think you know, Andy Katz is um, rather high opinion of Illinois. I, pretty sure Georgie like peer pressured him into that <laughs> a year ago uh, just like every time he apparently talked with Georgie Georgie was giving him the hard sell on Illinois basketball so uh, line of fans you have Georgie to thank maybe for uh, that that type of attention on the national stage talk about preseason hype and Bob you and I talked about this right over the weekend over the weekend on the on the telephone uh, Bob asked me because I was around for mm-hmm. the flying Illini team and uh, you were here but he was a Cub I reporter. Was, yeah, I, I was no, I was not here yet. Okay, I came here, came here the end of eighty nine after after the team season was over. So, well, Bob asked me what I remembered about the preseason hype, and uh, there wasn't nearly as much, mm-hmm. right? For many reasons, social yes. media being mm-hmm. being one, and I think everybody figured Illinois would be good, but the Big Ten was so good back then uh, at the time, as, as evidenced later in the year when Michigan went on to win it, but. Uh, um, there was hype, but not like that. And I don't even think there was preseason hype for the o four o five team, not like this. There no. were there were there were five in the preseason 
or six, five or six. Which which team? The uh, 04. 05. Okay. 04 or 05. But uh, 89 was ninth. Okay. I found that. They were ninth. And I did some research and found out where they were ranked. So this team will be borderline like the 04 or 05 teams in terms of where they're preseason ranked. I think it'll be close. I don't think they'll be. They could be four or five. They, I think more likely six, seven, eight. But you know, Scott, where you're going to put them one, so that'll help. <laughs> but um, it'll help a well, lot. Well, the listeners can't see because my eyes just shoot open. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, not, I won't have them one. I. But they could be. I four think or I'll five. have them. I think I have them right now at, at six. Okay, that's about reasonable. And so they'll be similar to 04 or 05. The difference is that that team shot up quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, 89 team took a while. They waited in the second, uh, second part of the year or season. But the, uh, 04 or 05, they were number one. Well, it was the Wake Forest game. Forest game. That, it was beat, number one. Yeah. They, beat, um, they also beat somebody else, uh, Arkansas, and Little Rock that week. So they, they were number one then for the rest of the year. So that team is a little different, kind of hard to match that. But this team is going to be cl- close to that. Well, it, I mean, it sort of depends on Illinois' schedule. Yeah. Well, that's true, too. If yeah, they're going to even have an opportunity to move up because you know, it would take beating likely a, a higher-ranked team. And that's where the rumored reports that they might be in line to replace Rutgers and an event in Orlando – and play Baylor opens the door because Baylor. Right. I mean, the number one teams are either going to be Gonzaga, Baylor, or Villanova. Everyone pretty much consensus. Those are your top three in some order. So, I mean, if all of that happens, and you know, we don't have a schedule, so we don't really know if it will. That's their opportunity to maybe climb like the O four O five team did. Right. Or they don't get a game like the Wake Forest game, and you know. Too bad you gotta stay at number six. Just win six every game. help them though. Just Play win every game. game. That's it. That's simple. Just yeah. win every game. And well, who knows? They might end up with something like a, a road trip to Duke in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. That could happen. That would help. It would uh, help. An empty Cameron Indoor Stadium, which would be really. That's weird. how you want to play that game. <laughs> <laughs> empty Cameron Indoor. That team's still pretty good. Uh, but the last time can, Illinois went to Durham, though, they they pulled out a win there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ah. Nineteen ninety-five. Sounds right. Yeah. That ended a long, long. Duke, Duke had not lost a home home non conference yeah. game mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why the Duke team had now three head coaches on the roster. It was also one of Mike Krzyzewski's worst Duke teams, if I remember. Well, they're apparently better coaches than players. Well, they also that was also the year he had Krzyzewski had a bunch of health issues, and I think he had to step away. Oh yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. Chris Collins, Jeff Capels, Steve Wojciechowski were all on that team. Yeah. A lot of floor slappers. Well, they're all floor slappers. <laughs> what about Dawkins? Wasn't he on that team or near that time? He was an assistant was coach. He? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The social media back in <laughs> 88, 89 and before that I sometimes was like the barbershop and the golf yeah, course. and I wish some days those would return. The, the lunchroom <laughs> and what do you think about this or that? Yeah. There wasn't the everybody posting and talking mm-hmm. about it as and it's good news, bad news from – yeah. I mean, you, you get a lot of stuff. Depends on the day. <laughs> you get a lot of information. You get a lot of misinformation. Yeah, exactly. And, and everyone gets to have their, their say and their opinion, which will be maybe played into more of a factor in the 2021 season because who knows if there's going to be fans right. in the stands. So Twitter was invented in 06, I believe. started in 06. So just missed 04 or 05 team. So it was kind of – that would have been a – 
obviously a big deal. I mean, Facebook was around, but it's not like it was, you know, Twitter is, well, Twitter is well, I remember the 0405 team when Facebook was around because uh, I was a freshman in college and Facebook came around and then there was groups on Facebook and there were some groups that were like Illinois fan groups and they just were devoted to that right. 0405 uh, team. And that the, team would have been a hit on Twitter. Like, oh, yes. D. Brown oh, yeah. was a hit anyway, but the entire country would have... Ten million followers. Yeah, yeah, that, was a, yeah. that was a traveling group of uh, rock stars. Oh, there. yeah. Every game. Every game is crazy. 5.55. Need to take one final break, and we'll do that and be back with some final words on Monday Night Sports Talk right here on DWS. Stay with us. We're about a minute away from 6 o'clock on uh, this Monday Night Sports Talk edition. Real quick, Scott Ritchie, recruiting note on Illinois basketball. Bryce Hopkins, a lot of people thinking about him. What are you hearing well, the uh, top 35 recruit, four-star forward in the class of 2021 from oh, from Illinois, from Fenwick, um, reportedly should you know pick uh, a college destination by the end of this month at the, the latest, as things stand now. Um, and Illinois is in the mix. You know, everyone sort of assumed Kentucky was going to be the runaway favorite once they offered, um, but the Illini are holding holding in there and could use Bryce Hopkins in a very big way. Just for the momentum, if anything. Also, he's very good basketball. What are you working on, Matt, for the News Gazette this week? Got a special section coming up in the next week and a half on Illinois football that uh, everyone in this room is hard at work at. So uh, we'll have that in uh, readers' hands sooner than you think. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Steve. Steve. This is WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Thanks for listening.